0: Thanks for choosing this Coins Age Media podcast. Before we get going, I would just like to ask could you please at some point go over and check out the website, CoinsAgeMedia.com? It would mean a hell of a lot to me. We're doing a whole load of stuff besides these podcasts. So if you could check it out at some point, CoinsAgeMedia.com, there's vlogs, reviews, and uh, a couple of different other podcasts over there, and a few short films that we've done in the past. So, uh, yeah. Please feel free to check it out and let me know what you think. Alright, legends, welcome back to the show. We're getting to episode 2 of season 1 of Angel in this episode, and I'm enjoying this a heck of a lot uh if you if you know this show, you'll know that uh I'm big in the buffy verse, but when it comes to the angel spin off massive massive fan of this show and it's been great just to get on and check it out once more And um, this one here episode two is an episode called Lonely Heart now probably not one of the the best episodes in the entire run of the series, but It has a lot of good moments in this one and a good bait and switch as far as the villain goes in this episode. So, if you don't want it ruined for you, these podcasts tend to be incredibly spoiler filled. Like, I'll totally destroy the entire series for you throughout this podcast. But it's just, I just like to sit down, chat about these shows, and just reminisce on these sorts of shows and on the Friday nights on the show we get into some horror movies that we haven't seen before and some classics that we have seen before. So Lonely Heart um this one here uh, at the beginning Angel he's the usual setup for Angel particularly in season one he's brooding and disconnected from life and at the beginning he's sitting in the dark, uh, Doyle arrives, and he's your uh, run-of-the-mill Irish character that likes to get out and have a bit of fun. Um, half-demon, by the way, if you don't know this but Doyle. But he's like, it's Friday night, uh, and he suggests that Angel and Hammond and Cordelia should go out and uh, try and break his isolation but uh doyle has his own agenda uh, and he has got the the hots for cordelia and um, he's trying to get angel to put a good warning for him angel's like you're not ask her out just do it yourself uh but doyle's like you know if you're talking me up don't be letting her know about the the half demon heritage because you know it kind of freaks women out whenever they find out about that part um Angel is just declining to arrange a date between his coworkers when Cordelia arrives with a box of business cards. You know, Angel's like he's just put a pen on it. Don't want to go out. Screw that shit. And uh, yeah, so Cordelia comes on. She's printed up business cards for Angel Investigations. They've got uh, the business, and it's early days. Um, it gives you the sense. In this opening section of the episode, that you don't ever get to see absolutely everything that happens in the lives of these characters. Because um, Doyle, whenever he's talking to Angel about getting out and, you know, blending in with people and getting out there and getting out of his isolation, he's like, you know, it'll break up those nights of madness and mayhem and whatnot. So it. Even in episode 2 of season 1 here You get the sense that there's A lot more that these characters Have gone through between episode 1 And episode 2 So uh, Cordelia Passes out these business cards And she's like you know you can leave these with people And then we can get more business in and whatnot." not She's got the phone number there And there's a little Drawn On the A little logo on the card uh, angel guesses that they that it's a butterfly, while Doyle guesses uh, that the graphic depicts a, a night hunting owl. But uh, Cordelia punches him in the arm and says it's a, a it's an angel. But when she punches him in the arm, he kind of, and her eyes overreacts because he's falling about and he's in pain and whatnot. But he's having a vision, and he gets a vision of a nightclub, Um no other details other than a feeling that something's about to happen. Uh the nightclub is the bleak, uh the club that Doyle's seen in the vision. There's a young woman named Shara Rickler, uh sitting alone at the bar, unaware she's been observed by a man called Kevin. He approaches her and, you know, they move to the table to get acquainted. Uh lonely and desperate, Sharon and Kevin soon make a connection and leave the club together. Now he does say at the beginning, when they're opening up their conversation, like, God I hate places, I guess, don't you? And uh, that's a line that's going to become very important later on in the episode. Uh as I say, bait and switch time. So once again, we're six minutes or so into this podcast. I have warned you, if you don't want these completely destroyed for you, walk away now. And watch the episode. And by all means, come back and check out the podcast. I would love to have you here. And on the subject of that, please follow the show, write and review all that good social media stuff. And let's get back into the review. Um Angel Investigations team arrives at the bar. Cordelia starts to pass around Angel's business cards until Doyle steps in. Cautioning her to stay under the radar, you're going to have to be a bit more subtle on how you do this because it might raise the question uh it might label Angel the V word, I guess as vampire of course, but Doyle says no vigilante and after talking to the bartender, Angel is making no progress and <laughs> there's even one point where when we cut from what's happening with Doyle and Cordelia back to Angel. There's a guy with a disgusted look on his face walking away from Angel and Angel's like, I'm serious. I wasn't hitting on you. So um, he's completely out of his comfort zone in this episode. All he wants to do is sit in the dark, brood, uh, worry about what happened with Buffy. Uh, you know, we know the score from his lead up to the end of season three and Buffy and leaving Sunnydale. So um, he's just, you know, Happy enough and content, really, to sit in his own loneliness. But it really plays into that in this episode as well. Um At the bar, uh, a girl named Kate asks if Angel's alright. Uh, this is a new character that pops up in this series. Now, I can't recall how far Kate Lockley... Lasts within the series uh, again it's been a long long time since I've seen since I've watched it even though I've got a lot of love and a lot of respect for this series there are certain aspects of it that I can't recall um, I'm just getting old <laughs> but uh, yeah Angel uh, you know he's asking the bartender and what not have you seen anything dangerous on here tonight and the bartender's like no they're, no they're really really hot woman don't turn up to after 11 But this girl, Kate Gets into the conversation of Angel um, Angel, he awkwardly strikes up the conversation As well uh, Kate, who also seems inept at social scene uh, Despite uh, a slow start Angel and Kate find enough in common To make what they both consider to be A true connection at this point She's sort of uh, You know, he's I want to say true connection, uh, they're connecting. I think at this point in the series, uh, there's going to be nobody for Angel but Buffy at this point. But uh, this girl, Kate, has hit him in the the soft spot in this episode. And, and at this point, she's uh, more into him than her, than he's into her. Um, even at one point, she... She awkwardly asks And then she tries to ask But then she steps back from the question I was going to uh, You know He eventually gets it out of her She was going to ask Do you want to go to somewhere More quiet So you know uh, He had the chance there Didn't take it Because he's there on a mission He has this vision From Doyle So he's there uh, In a work capacity Let's just say Um, Across the dance floor A man starts to come on to Cordelia because of the business card. Um, He pretty much uh, walks up and he's like, is this really your number? Can I call you for a date sometime? And she's like, no, this is a business number. Uh, And he's like, and he goes to the dark place with it. He's like, you know, how much do you charge? Do you charge me there?' are? So she's getting really upset at this. And of course, Doyle is... Uh, not happy and he's trying to step in and sort it out and he even tries to say look and just leave her alone the lady's with me and of course Cordelia been Cordelia she papers up no I'm not at which point uh, a friend of this guy comes up um, it escalates to the point where Doyle headbutts one of them starts a fight uh, a barroom brawl essentially starts at this point where Angel gets involved they get their asses handed to them and they the barman kicks the two of them out. They're known troublemakers so uh at the end of the night the place is cleaning out and Cordelia and Doyle are sitting with Angel and they're they're thinking, you know, we couldn't have just been here to break up a bar fight. That can't be what the vision's about. Um Yeah. So they leave and uh uh Something else that happened interestingly between the the character of Angel and Kate after this bar fight. Of course, this girl comes up to Angel and she's all impressed because of the physical fight, and she comes up and starts hitting on him. Essentially, um, of course, Angel, an Angel, and what he's doing, he starts to try and find out if she isn't any problems. You know, he's here looking for some form of evil whether it be demon vampire whatever and kate sees us, and she's kind of heart let's just say heartbroken at this point and she leaves the bar so uh at the end of the night again they're like we couldn't have just been here to break up a fight but uh the next morning after spending the night with kevin the the, the man and woman at the beginning of the episode the two lonely hearts Kevin's in bed with Sharon, she's about to get dressed, and, uh, Kevin wants to hold her, essentially. Um, that's the last you see him, like, she's sitting on the edge of the bed, he comes up behind her and puts his arms around her. and we cut from that, and, uh, later we see that she's getting dressed, and this guy, Kevin, is dead on the bed and uh yeah so at this point we still have got no clue what's going on at the back at the angel investigations office the team has spent the day researching any past incidents connected to the bar and their search turns up a mutilated woman and ev- an eviscerated man now that is a huge word for me at this time of the night eviscerated i am impressed that i was able to say that without tripping over it Fantastic um, Both known to have been at the club uh, Doyle and research researching demons that cause evisceration And find several suspects uh, Meanwhile Angel goes back to the bar To see if he can spot the killer But on his way in He bumps into Kit once more um, She isn't happy when Angel tries to warn her Of some sort of danger in there That she really shouldn't go in but uh, she's like, well, where are you going to go? And he's like, I'm going to get into the bar. And Kate's like, well, i you, you can do. I can do whatever I want, and you can go to hell. So uh, there are angels in the bad books with her at this point. So she goes into the bar. Angel comes in along long her, and they sit at either sides of the bar. And Angel t- talks to the bartender, and another guy turns up to find out if Kevin had shown up tonight. He didn't turn up at work that day not like him can't get in contact with him um yeah kevin disappeared after going home with this girl sharon so angel's here he hears these two the barman and this guy having this conversation he starts to ask questions about sharon and he gets her name and he runs checks the phone book and they this is back in the old school days where you didn't have your smartphone in your pocket and you could just pull out google and just look up something uh if somebody wanted to like that's why the detective shows in my opinion were better back in those days you didn't have the big connection with the world that you have now and angel runs this late 90s like it's just on the verge of the internet taking off really uh as far as you know having that 24 7 connectivity that we have now that's another big word for this time of the night so he runs to the uh the, f- the little phone box on the club uh public phone and there's a phone book there so he's hunting down her f- name and whatnot and he tracks her down but uh Kit notices this happening so angel runs to her ap- this girl sharon's apartment um just in time to see that Sharon is dead, and the this guy Neil. I don't think he's even mentioned by name in the episode, but I'm just going by what I'm picking up on uh, the internet here for character names and whatnot. Just so we get surnames and whatnot, right? This guy apparently was called Neil. Uh, the the darky little kid that she was. Sharon was chatting up in the bar and Angel just missed her by a few seconds. there was kid at one side of the bar. Uh this girl Sharon was there with this kid with her this young boy. And uh when Angel and that works out who Sharon was, they look she's not there. So phone book, check, runs to the apartment. He just gets there in time to see that uh Sharon's dead on the bed. Uh this guy Neil is putting a short back on and um, he's now hosting a demon, there's a demon busted out of Sharon's chest, one under the back of this guy, and that's what's been happening from the very first part of this episode, Like she was, this, as far as the episode's concerned, she was the first one to be taken over by this demon, only the this borrowing demon, it's like a worm sort of a creature, and um, it's going from body to body, essentially. Um, we find out at this point, uh, Angel sees this thing borrowed into this kid's back, and it turns around, and it's the demon speaking through his body, and he's like, you're not a human. And Angel's like, well, you're pretty far off the evolutionary scale yourself. And um, the demon pretty much tells him or the host body he's like you know i already know this isn't the one i can stay with um so he's going to keep killing until he finds a body that he thinks he can stay in so uh this is apparently a very very regular thing uh angel and the demon fight but it hands his ass to him interestingly and i don't know I've never noticed this before in the episode. The, the The fight choreography in this episode is absolutely fantastic. And if you look really close at a lot of shows and a lot of movies and whatnot, sometimes you catch a glimpse of the camera crew somewhere in a shot that gets through the edit. I can see how it got through the edit in this episode because it is so, it's such a good stunt. At one point, um, the demon... Tosses Angel across the room of this apartment And Angel slams into the wall In the far side of the room uh, Into the corner and falls down But he doesn't just It's one of these ones where he's f- thrown So when he hits the wall He's actually His head is about a foot and a half from the ground And his ass is touching the roof So it was a big stunt That was going to be very difficult to do Because there was no cushion in there for the stunt person to land on so it was one of these ones it's like we're, we're going to try and do this in one take so we don't want to hurt this guy too badly because that was one of those stunts where you look at it and you think to yourself stunt man or not that had the bloody hurt but when it's happening and i didn't notice it before i've watched this episode goodness knows many times but i'm saying that on excuse me <coughs> i'm still getting over the cold um. Yeah, I've seen this a lot of times over the years, but always in VHS. Uh, I collected the series originally when it was coming out here in the UK, and uh, I was always a VHS version. I was watching it on, so the quality was a little bit lower than what it is now. I'm actually this time I'm streaming the show off Disney Plus, but this time I actually caught. Uh, as I say it was one of these stunts It's going to be very hard to do twice So they had a second camera To catch this stunt From another angle And <coughs> As the character I'm sorry for coughing in your ears guys um, Yeah As we're doing the stunt And the stuntman is thrown into the wall If you look to the right Of the screen You'll see large as life A second cameraman capturing the footage from another angle but it's quick um you know when you're in the fight and you're under the choreography and whatnot and everything that's happening your eyes are welded to the stunt itself and it's something that you may not catch now as i say it might have been the vhs quality but i didn't see it until tonight so love capturing these catching these wee things in movies and tv shows anyway Angel gets his ass kicked by this demon and uh, it flees at which point Kate arrives in the apartment and Angel's like, what are you doing here? and she reveals, she pulls a gun on him um, a badge, she's actually a police woman that's been tracking this killer as well and she tries to arrest Angel but uh, yeah, when Angel sees that Kate won't be convinced that he's not the killer. Of course, circumstantial evidence, she turns up. She doesn't see this guy, the demon's already fled. All she sees is Angel standing in this apartment and a dead girl in the bed. So she pulls a gun, badge out, tries to arrest him, won't listen to anything he's going to say. So he breaks away from her and jumps out of the building and runs away. Uh, As he's running off, the demon is sitting... Just outside the apartment window And he's watching him run off Um, As dawn approaches And in all fairness There's a shot here Where Angel's walking down the street Towards Cordelia's apartment And uh, He is There's enough sunlight out there at that point And that shot where I'm thinking yeah, He's on the verge of catching flames here Uh, I think they should have That's probably the one if I was going to get really twisted in my, um, you know, I, every once in a while I'll try a little short film project of my own, so I'm always conscious of what works and what doesn't work, and if you're trying to do things, and if you've got a character that's a, a main character that's a vampire walking down the street, you want him to be walking at night time, or at least in enough darkness that he's not going to catch him fire, and the fact that he wasn't catching him fire in this shot was a wee bit questionable in my eyes. But uh, Angel makes his way to Cordelia's apartment Not knowing that Kate has gone to illegally search his place as well Um, This is all, there's a lot of stuff happens In those last two sentences As Angel's walking down the street to the apartment There's a, a lot of stuff cut together As I say, it gives you the impression at the beginning of this episode You don't see everything that happens in the lives of these characters You're just jumping in at different intervals in these episodes and there's a section in here where they you see this demon killing and moving the different bodies so you see at least two to three different people getting uh killed by this thing as it moves from body to body um well when i say getting killed what i mean is the host body, whatever the the demon slug worm thing, whatever you want to call it That's the body that dies When it leaves the one, the previous victim for a new victim The previous victim's body starts to fall apart straight away Evisceration, another huge word um, So we're seeing all these shots of that happening Angel going through different bars and different nights Trying to track this thing down again And it does say At one point in the episode I know I would just I would recognise this thing If I'd just seen it in an hour body You know his vampire senses would pick it up So while he's doing all that And this thing is jumping from body to body uh, Kate is searching Angel's apartment So when Angel gets to Cordelia's apartment uh, he wakes Cordelia and Doyle They have fell asleep while researching On her couch uh, He asks them to research eviscerating borrowers Demons that move from body to body Endlessly seeking the perfect one to live with forever uh, They discover the borrower is vulnerable to fire And Angel decides Right uh, I'm going to have to call Kate For helping this one Even though she thinks he's the killer. He's like, and Cordelia is like, no, it's not the the girl we're trying to hide from. You know, the whole point of them being in Cordelia's apartment at this point in the episode is because they can't go back to the offices because they know the police are after Angel at this point. So Angel calls Kate and requests a meeting, uh, asking for five minutes to explain himself and prove that he isn't the killer. So he's like, you know, be at the bar at a certain time. Uh, and later that night, Kate turns up at the bar There's no sign of Angel at this point Um, Kate asks the bartender he sho- She shows him the badge And reveals that she's a policewoman He turns up, he's kind of like Oh, that's not your usual But uh, she says If you see the guy that helped out in the bar, fa- bar fight The other night Of course referring to Angel Will you please let me know A few minutes later As she fends off One of these guys That's there trying to uh, Get himself a girlfriend Now This is where the line At the opening Of the episode When you realise what's happening The the demon said to the first girl God I hate places I guess Don't you And while Kate's Sitting there waiting an angel This guy turns up And he walks up to her And he's like God I hate places I guess Don't you So it's a nice little Bait and switch there At this point You're thinking, right, this is the demon is coming for Kate now. But she's saved by the bell, more or less, at this point, um, by the bartender. The bartender walks back up and he says, This guy you're looking for, Angel, is out in the alleyway out the back. Now, you're kind of thinking at this point, "Mm, what's Angel doing out there? But uh, Kate says, show me where he's at. So they leave, the bartender takes her through the back of the club and uh knocks her out with a blow to the head with a bottle. Uh, Angel arrives just in time. Uh, the borrower knowing that time is short here is now on the bartender. So we didn't actually see that happening. This is a little bit of a reveal here coming up towards the end. Uh, he's actually the host now at this point. So he rips Kate's shirt from the back, and he's about to move, the demon's about to move from the bartender's body into Kate's body, and just as the head busts out of the chest of the bartender, he gets slapped across the head with a lump of wood, uh, knocking his ass, and the, the demon has got no other option at this point but to retreat back into the body of the bartender. Now... The problem here is, uh, for the demon, we found out during the research period that once this thing moves from one body to other body, the first body decomposes very quickly. So that starts to happen, the bartender, even though the, the demon is still inside him. So Angel and that fight again, still incredibly strong. We, we have found out as well that it has a, a, a real dislike to fire uh the fight happens and uh, Angel and Kit both get knocked into the cellar of the club and uh, they're locked in and there's a nice little comedy moment on here where Angel looks up and he sees uh, a window, it's like about twenty feet up and he's like working out through that window and Kit's like, That's far too high for us and um, there's a little Batman moment where Angel pulls out the a little gun, just like Batman, um, shoots the wired as they the three or four claws on it, wraps around a beam up above them. Superhero moment. The music balled up and everything. And perfectly done, just like Batman. And then whenever he gives it a yank to see if it's secure, the whole beam rips at the roof. And <laughs> Kit looks at him like you're an asshole. And she has another gun, of course. A policewoman always has a backup. She pulls a gun from her her foot, just above her boot. And she blasts the lock off the door and they run out looking for the bartender. So he's running the club now, trying to... And his body's starting to fall apart, like the skin's starting to strip off his face and everything. And he's trying to sweet-talk all the women and whatnot. And everybody's like running from him because he's just grotesque at this point. Uh, At one stage he's starting to look like Harvey Two-Face. Just half his face is gone. Eventually he grabs hold of a girl on the street and drags her into an alley to try and get out of the bartender's body and the horse but he's confronted once again by Angel so they fight once more down this alleyway uh, there's a few homeless people out in the, the side street uh, they've got a, a barrel with a, a fire burning on it to keep warm So you know exactly what's going to happen at this point. And it does. Uh, Again, choreography and the fight is fantastic at this part of the episode. Uh, The bartender's eventually thrown across the top of the barrel and catches it in fire. So there's another great stunt where he's in flames still trying to come for Angel. But Angel is rescued by Kate this time, who turns up with the gun, shoots the bartender down and uh, kills the body. And of course the fire's going to take out the demon. So at the end of the episode, they have a moment where Angel is like... You know, um, kids like, I never thanked you for saving my life. And Angel's like, well, you know what? I think saving my life was a good start. So I don't know at this point, or I can't recall how it goes between these two characters at this point. Because she knows at this stage that Angel's working as a private investigator. But he doesn't actually have a license, so he's, he's working illegally. But what happens in the episode... Has a bit of respect between the two of them So she doesn't go after him for that at this point But I'm pretty sure At one point it does come up and In fact I'm sure At one point in the series It does come up again Because they, the relationship between these two Definitely breaks up At one point in a major way But we'll get to that In due course So at the end he's like if you need any help Just call me And he pulls out of course one of the business cards he has in the pocket you know like true businessman style here you are there's my card and she looks at it and of course at the beginning of the episode Angel and Doyle were having trouble working out with this little logo was and she's like what the hell is this a lobster so he takes the card off her again he says okay I'll be about um, she gets distracted by an police officer and he takes his woman to pull an hour Batman stunt and, you know skulk off into the shadows And uh, she's left to deal with the Clean up Of what happened in the episode So the nice little ending to this one here is In The Angel Investigations office They are uh, Doyle and Cordelia Are sitting Angels talking to them And he's like you know saying as it's the weekend We've all been working very hard And he's very awkward in saying it I think we should just all go out you know, for fun. And Cordelia, kind of, she looks at him like, yeah, right. She's like, or we could go home. And Doyle agrees, goes to leave of Cordelia. And he's like, and you can sit here alone in the dark. And Angel's like, thank you. Yes, God, thank you. And they turn the lights off as they go. And he sits back down in his chair. And the episode finishes off pretty much exactly where it opened at. as far as Angel's concerned. He's sitting there brooding and thinking things over. And we cut to the credits at the end of the episode. This was a great episode. Uh, again, probably not one of the strongest you'll ever see. But enjoyable, nonetheless. And I was... I was really surprised and really happy to see something popping up. Even though it was a, a mistake seeing a, a Largest Life cameraman second cameraman sitting there to get the another angle on the stunt but these things happen uh countless shows and movies over the years i've seen that probably one of my favorite ones uh, and this is cutting right away off from the angel series and right out of the horror genre altogether if you know kevin smith's film chase amy there's a a moment where the two main characters Ben Affleck, and watch her face. The blonde girl was the lead in it. I'm blanking on her real name now. There's a moment where they're having an argument, and it's it's raining, and she's marching up a street away from him, and he's trying to talk her down, catching up with her. There's a a shot where the camera's kind of like dollying up the road next to them as they're walking, um there's windows in the background and if you and it's blatantly obvious if you really look for it and once you see it you'll never on see it again. You can literally see the camera crew walking up the street beside them. It's class. I love that sort of stuff. So as far as production notes and here I couldn't come across much. Um in fact uh production details let's just see um special effects supervisor Laurie Perster, now it definitely did butcher that name, explains that to get the effect of the demon born from through the characters bodies, Dave Miller built a prosthetic back to identically match the actor. We shot the actor doing his actions with tracking points, little marks on his back, and uh, just soft-aged, matted and tracked, uh, a locked-off version of the actor's back. With the Borrowed demon And stuck it on in there uh, Yeah um, David Boreanaz I'm probably butchering his name Boreanis. Uh You would think I would know how to pronounce that name I'm liking the show as much as I do um, Angel Stunt Double S, you say, Mike Massa says The scene in which he is tossed across the room Upside down As his favourite stunt of the season That's the one I was talking about with the extra cameraman on there Uh, To get the effect, he was shot across the room room using an air ram. The reason I like it so much is because it really knocked the heck out of me. He says, it was 900 pounds of frost on the air ram. My goodness. I had to hit the corner just right. If I was off, if I hit dead centre of the corner, my shoulders spread. It could have broken my collarbone. As I say... Earlier in the episode This is literally the first time I've looked at these notes Of the production I did say Whenever that stunt happened Do you like stunt man or not That had the bloody hurt So he saying it himself You know If he'd hit it wrong He was going to break a collarbone I had to hit it sideways My back flat to the wall And kind of Skip into it But It just drove me Right to the ground uh, The director Jim Contner Was jumping up and down he thought it was the best one he'd ever seen And that same scene A cameraman's arm Holding the camera can be seen That's right here in the production notes too Um, yeah That's fantastic Um, I never Would have seen that Um On the VHS, let's say Quality drop, but literally Noticed it myself tonight, but just there at the end of this podcast I actually looked up those production notes Like, a, like uh, opened up Google Looked up the production notes and whatnot, Just for a bit more detail And it's actually there, you know, it's common knowledge But it has to be When you see it, it's like, you know How the hell could you miss it? But, and saying that, I've missed it for years now Right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast guys I hope you did indeed enjoy it If you did, follow the show written review, share it along help me get it out there and uh, I'll be back with you again in a couple of days for another one of the Halloween movies I think it's Halloween 4 we're going for this time so until then stay safe and I'll talk to you all at that stage, that's weird I'll talk to you all then This has been a production of Coins Age Media Thank you so much for listening